And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Where are we? All right. Tuesday, the 3rd. Yeah, October. Uh-huh. 2023. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 34 years ago, right about now, mm-hmm. uh, I remembered I was doing my first radio, talk radio show. Radio's right. been 41 years now, a little over 41, but talk 34. Me and music radio. Boy, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, people say you don't change. You do change from your 20s to your 60s. <laughs> I can't imagine being a music radio today. Well, but also society changed. It was how you got most of your music back then. That's true. That's true. Yes, it was. You know? Yeah, it was. It yeah, it it was, and and it fit where I was, where my head was at that, you know, at that uh, at that time. But uh, yeah, I can still remember the. Uh, I took over the show, and they had a guest, and it's really interesting that really my first talk show that I ever did. I can still remember the first segment. And you, I, do you have that memory where you had to go on the air and coming from the music industry? I think anybody who ever went from being a music DJ probably if, would have ever had a discussion with Rush. He would have said the same thing because he was in music radio. The difference is you don't have any music as a crutch to fall back on. Mm-hmm. You've got to fill that entire segment. Remember when filling just one segment by yourself was like going to the moon? <laughs> yeah i mean it was yeah. for me it was maybe it wasn't for right. you i don't want to speak yeah. for you but for me yeah. it was like going to the moon it was the hardest thing ever right to fill that it you know, just seemed like such a huge void to ten, fill. yeah to fill 10 yeah. minutes of talk right. yeah and, and and now it's like eh, whatever but my first guest a guy an author by the name of uh, i think it was Victor Salupe, hmm. who wrote the book, The BS Syndrome. Think about how much we focus on BS today as a concept. And that was the first guest that I did in talk radio. He wrote hmm. the book, 
the BS syndrome. Mm. And it was an entire book. And he used the word inside of the book, which, of course, you need to use the word in order to get that emphasis in the book. Right. And he goes through all these different scenarios of BS from government to business, everything. And and how it starts and where it goes. And I, he was my first guest. And I just always thought that was fascinating because I would have never thought that 34 years later, it's still one of our top topics about how gullible or how we as a nation, so many of us actually wish and prefer to be BSed. That wasn't part of the book, I don't believe, back then. Which was the yeah. public's willingness, and not only willingness or the acceptance of BS, but the addiction to it. Well, it's the question is, is the problem what they're selling or what people are buying? Both. Well, well it's, what the demand is. Uh, the, well, I mean, the demand really, causes the supply. It's, it's about the demand. Yes. <laughs> because without the demand, it would end. You know, that's that's yeah. the whole thing. Drug lies yeah. lies require that you you keep keep it afloat. You have to change it up a little bit. The truth doesn't require any of that. Not you're right. The truth requires only light. Yeah. And you only truth. have to point to the truth. And and think about this. This would be an interesting discussion and something to do research on. What's accepted more in society? BS or the truth? truth. What do people fight against more? BS or the truth? Well, it depends on which people you're talking about. As a society, the truth is greatly respected. When when you when someone says, I like that person, I may not agree with them, but they're blunt. Yeah. Yeah. There what is, that yeah. means is I believe they're being honest and direct. No, but we want it. Think about this. We in the private sector, we demand the truth. We don't get the truth, we sue. Oh, yeah. We want the truth. We want integrity. We want credibility. We want trust. And these is in, this is in the private market where we have many, many choices out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. as to where to go. If you haven't given me what I wanted there in the truth about your product and the, and the integrity and the warranty and everything else, I'm moving over here. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the -the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. But where you have no choice, <laughs> very okay. Not not you know some choice, but where you have very little choice, and where you s- simply pay your money for people to be honest with you is where the biggest BS actually comes from. When you think about it, yeah, right. There's nothing like government for lies. Right. You compare the private sector to lies of the of the uh, of the government but people accept lies if it fits their narrative from from the government if if they're if it's easier to digest and just shake their head and go along with it because the things that that as the constituents as the rank and file as the citizens that we should be rejecting are the ones, you know, you, you look at it, those are the ideas right now that get us to where we are today. And there should have been massive rejection by every person in our society. We don't want people coming here illegally. We don't want inflation. We don't want, except the thing is, is once you start that ball rolling, in terms of spending and benefits, Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who coined the phrase, the pathology of dependency. Once you start that ball rolling, good luck trying to reverse it. Even hardcore conservatives have only gotten away with tapping the brakes on that kind of behavior in federal government a few times over the years. Welfare reform, yeah, but what did it do? It only tapped the brakes. It didn't really do anything. It didn't change anything. And we're here now, and you've been feeding the bear, and the bear only eats marshmallows now. Don't make that bear go out and hunt salmon. And that's where you are. So it's over and over again, and and it's ludicrous. You can look at it and say, why are we this is this looks like an absurd movie that somebody has put together <laughs> yeah none of it looks real yeah and which is why and you know something that's why you can go through the babylon b headlines and you can laugh mm-hmm. because you're like well the babylon b has become you know, it's it's like, you know, the what do they call themselves the best fake news? And mm-hmm. you and I read headlines and go, that's not a fake headline. Right. It's the reality. Right. Parody, it's an accurate depiction. Parody has become accurate. Yep. Are we doomed as a society when it gets to that point yes. where parody is more of the truth than yes, the truth because, is the truth? Because or, the, or what we're told the truth is, is the truth? Too many people keep voting for these. We keep making these choices that put us where we are. If we're if we're willing to do that, tell me what we actually care about. 
if we're willing to put ourselves where we are right now at the point of $33 trillion in debt, and soon we will not be able to service the interest on that debt, and programs are just going to fall. They're just going to go away because there won't be any money because a huge chunk of the budget for that revenue that's coming in every year will go to service that debt. And at some point, that will be too large. And what do you do? Because once you start borrowing it and and putting it and spending more, uh, the deficit spending lesson that AOC had to learn on NPR, remember that whole thing? Yeah. And you keep doing that. Well, what happens after that? Massive inflation. What happens after that? Massive interest rates. Good luck. You're not going to be able to afford anything. A tiny home is going to be $1,800 a month. Yeah, I was, uh, it was, I think it was somebody posted it. I had to be on X. Mm -hmm. (laughs) X. Mm -hmm. I have to emphasize it. Uh, and it was uh, uh, just an analysis. I'm going to have to go back and find it because it just popped into my head now. And it was, you know, if interest rates keep going up, yeah, that the debt is not going to be serviceable. No. And they talked about the fact that, you know, just the interest on the debt mm-hmm. is going to become just incredibly enormous where it's like you're servicing the debt. Right. And what else are you, you know, what else are you doing? You're going to have to cut back on everything else. I mean, there's an awakening coming for the American public. Um, you know, I don't know. I saw you know, there's a headline again yesterday. We're you know just spending like crazy again, like there's no tomorrow. Are is that where people's mindset is right now? Well, is that where it I, many is? people I mean, are it, probably looking at this, going, "Well, if they don't care, why should I care?" Well, be. And if self, I don't care, self, if I don't care about my own well, debt, self, I don't care about national self debt. preservation. If if we're doomed as a nation and our economy is going to implode, let me go out with a really good designer handbag. <laughs> At least I'll look good on the way out the door. <laughs> my shoes are spectacular because doing things doing things is hard yeah it is doing the right thing here is hard but it's but it's simplified and it, it's it would be in fact turning 33 uh, wow turning 33 trillion dollars around When it comes to spending, think about this. All of us who are true fiscal conservatives know what has to be done. We can see it. This is a runaway train. There are ways right now to slow this train down and eventually reverse it. And we choose not to. Not to. And it's not just the politicians. The people of the United States. There's made no that political will. There's no on political Capitol will. Hill. You know, say what you will about Matt Gates, but what are they? What are they trying to do? You've got what? What do we count? Five GOP members in the House. Yeah. Five that are that are with him. That know. are with him on on ousting the the Speaker of the House on on true on being a true fiscal conservative. I'd love to measure and see how many we actually have in the GOP in the House alone. 
Well, yeah, but I'm a true fiscal conservative, and you are. I don't know if I'd be going along with Matt Gates. No, the 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 method and and what he's doing isn't there. But but what yeah, I'm because saying I is, believe it's other you know because Chip Roy isn't on his side. And I listen to Trip I, Chip Roy talk no, no. about the debt. I I get that, but you look at where the the true fiscal conservative is. Count how many do we have? We can throw in the Freedom Caucus. What are we talking about? A couple dozen, few dozen, two dozen, maybe thirty. Twenty yeah. to thirty. Yeah. Outside of that, in in the in, how many how many can you really measure as true fiscal conservatives? Well, if you look at the overall population, there's no push anymore nope. from the Republicans. Exactly. You know, you and I talked they, about this when we used to talk about the debt fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. People would talk about it. You'd be getting emails. You know, a month later, right? Responses, whatever. It's almost, and maybe they're concerned, maybe it's hopelessness from the true conservative. We just can't turn it around. It could be at that point from, I'm talking about the voter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where, I don't know where the fight is. If there's any fight left in, in the handful of fiscal. Well, I know when it changed left. 2015 to 2016 is when it changed. It went from the swamp being Republicans who were going along with Democrats, and we had to stop it. And that's how Trump, you know, the swamp became the thing he said. And six months later, Trump's talking about we should only pay 50 cents on a dollar and pay off our debt, and we should borrow trillions more because the interest rate is cheap. And the entire Trump army that supported him on deficit reduction went completely 180 degrees the opposite direction six months later. Well, you know, and that seemed to and that seemed to be the end of any type of massive movement of fiscal responsibility from the Republicans. Well, and the last big push really was TARP one. Yeah. The last big push, the the real rank and file. There was a push at the edge. And, and, you know, there was a lot of people complaining about, uh, you know, Boehner. He was basically forced. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, this, this, but in terms of the, the, taking the reins, right. the that rank and been, file, that would have been tarp one was yeah. the last, yeah. last big one. Yeah. So if the people don't want it, that's why I said about Gates that's, earlier. That's my whole. Is point. anybody even paying attention that's, to the? Well, we want to cut the debt eight percent. They want we want to cut the debt fifteen. Is that just blah 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 to everybody? That's my whole point because they get there by us putting them in office. If we were a nation of fiscal conservatives, the makeup on Capitol Hill would be very different. different. 86690 Red Eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. So what should you consider when finding areas near your home or on a distant trip to view the fall leaf colors this season? U.S. Forest Service plant physiologist Kevin Smith says it's not just about the trees with foliage that changes color. View the foliage in areas that have some topographic relief, hills and valleys. The timing of color can vary from hilltop to the valley. You can get sort of a Persian rug effect of details of the mosaic of color when you have a little bit of elevation. Smith adds that forest composition, in part based on land use, 
also plays a role in what one sees in the fall color portrait. Having a mixed deciduous and some pine or hemlock mixed in coniferous trees that retain their green needles for some period of time, that having that green mix in is interesting visually along with the color. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Loops. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Now, this is this would get good. This this would be good stuff. All right. The House Oversight Committee is looking to bring in whistleblower Tony Bobulinski. Yeah. As well as other associates to testify before the House Oversight Committee. A source familiar with the committee's deliberations told uh, Breitbart uh, News Bobulinski, the former partner of the Bidens, met Joe Biden in the lobby of the Beverly Hilton Hotel in May of 2017 to discuss CEFC China Energy, an entity closely linked to the Chinese Communist Party. Hmm. Bobby Linsky is also the whistleblower who confirmed the infamous message about a stake of 10% held by H for the big guy, mm-hmm. referring to Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. That will be interesting because he really... I think he's done one interview since he did that interview in 2020. He did one a couple months ago. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. He came back out. So he's been preparing for the last three years, but expect the Democrats to hit him and have done research on everything in his personal oh, life yeah. and sure. whatever they, because as sure. we know, and you saw, you saw Turley going after the Democrats mm-hmm. saying, you're attacking me and this is all BS. Right. You know, you won't talk about the merits of anything. It's all personal attack on the witnesses, as if I have an ulterior or Republican motive, which anybody who knows Turley knows that's not the case. Right. And join the conversation. one 90 red eye red Eye radio And he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, yeah, so Bobby Linsky uh, going before the uh, <laughs> impeachment inquiry. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he was the first guy out there. You think about yeah. it. He was the first guy yeah. through the door. Right. Uh, I wonder, if does he still have security? Remember, he had security. Remember Good that? question. Some of the things that he said back then, he said, Hunter and Jim Biden and I are there. And Hunter gets up and talks to his father when he comes in. Bobby Linsky told the New York Post. He then brings uh, Joe Biden over and introduces me, saying he's the one who's helping us with the business we're doing with the Chinese. Hmm. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. Bobby Linsky added, that is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. Those would be powerful words said live. Yeah. Yep. Right there. 
you know, three years later right. in this setting now that the American public knows that Joe Biden has been lying and the public now knows the infrastructure that was set up. I mean, talking about all the bank accounts, mm-hmm. the 20 LLCs, mm-hmm. the fact that the entire family was in on it and the fact that the uh, I guess the Bidens have been backed into a corner in the media and the Democrats have been backed into the corner, which is now uh, it was the illusion of influence and access. And everyone in the Biden family was corrupt and making money on it, except Joe. Right. That's where they are. And so you need to keep pushing that further into the corner. Uh, So, as you said, I I dealt directly with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. Suspicious activity reports obtained by the House Republicans show that uh, Biden's business partner, Rob Walker, received a $3 million wire transfer from CEFC in 2017. In turn, four Biden family members, Hunter, James, Halley, and and an unidentified Biden. That's really interesting. Who Mm -hmm. is the unidentified Biden? Mm -hmm. Received a collective $1.3 million cut. So why is it that we have all these other I clearly identified Bidens and one is not? Yeah. Why is that that be? Somebody needs to ask Comer that. Why is the one unidentified? Right. Because who could it possibly be? Right. And so you have that. I thought this was interesting. I saw this the other day and I saved it for when we got back talking about this because we haven't talked about it in a couple of days. But uh, this is actually uh, I think the political director, uh, Emma Jo Morris at Breitbart, the 10 questions to ask the Bidens. You ready? All right. And these are all totally logical. Invest. You know, we approach all these things with an investigative mind. We always have. Yep. And the questions that we have, these would be the questions that we had. The Bidens were paid tens of millions of dollars from various foreign entities. What services were you paid for? Totally legit question. Yep. Have you ever paid for anything for Joe Biden? Have you ever given money to Joe Biden? If so, for what and how much? Have you ever shared a bank account with Joe Biden? Did Joe Biden ever have access to your bank account? So I guess the question is for Hunter. Mm -hmm. How many trips have you taken on Air Force One? What were the destinations of those trips? And who did you meet while on those trips? Do you currently have any business dealings uh, with foreign nationals or foreign entities? Are you currently being paid by any foreign nationals or foreign entities? Have you ever advised Joe Biden on policy while he was president? Why were you not paid directly as opposed to an LLC under another name? Why was money from foreign businesses, a former business, excuse me, foreign business deals dispersed to various family members, including children? Number nine, are there any instances where the U.S. government officials were involved in your services? Who are they? And finally, number 10, on how many occasions has Joe Biden met with individuals you were engaged in business with how many of those instances were with foreign nationals there you go all very good starting questions yeah 
I mean, it's going to get interesting when you start bringing in the witnesses. You know, I was thinking part of the thing, because they talked about, you know, they're looking at Bob Ulinski as well as others, and I could imagine Devin Archer and uh, uh, Schwerin, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and others, I'm sure. Do you bring them in together, or do you bring them in one at a time? One at a time. I think individually. I tend... I tend to agree because I think you need to have the focus. If you have one person there, they can only attack you personally or they can only filibuster, and it will look bad if there's only one person there. You've got a panel of four people there, witnesses. Like when they brought in the FBI agents, Remember, there were four FBI agents, mm-hmm, whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. I don't think they should have done that. I think they should have brought in it, one at a time. One at a time. That would always be my choice. Any advice, uh, to, if uh, the Republicans are taking any advice, one at a time. One at a time. Because they're, you know, if they're trying to go after, it, let's say they get two or three at a time, and you go after one, it really slows down the questioning of, of the other two, the back and forth, I would do one at a time. And make plenty of time for each one. Yep. That's the other thing, too. It This should not be condensed. If, if that witness is worth calling, that witness is worth having the time. I, I'd actually give each member 10 minutes. Hmm. Because if the Democrats just filibuster, it'll be more noticeable. Yeah, sure. I'd be good with 10. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes sometimes is just too short. Well, it is. Because you want to sometimes go back, revisit something uh, that, uh, you know, someone across the aisle just said. You want to counter that or whatever. And then you want to start the questioning and then you're going to want to make a, a statement and put your exclamation point on it or, you know, any of those items. All of a sudden, five minutes is gone. I'd be good with 10. All right, moving on, I want to get to uh, uh, this because uh, it's something that we talk about on a consistent basis. And you happen to bring it up uh, just during a break. We actually weren't talking about EVs, but you apparently... Was it the Wall Street Journal story that you saw? Yeah. On uh, Rivian and and how much? Yeah. Sean McLean wrote it over at the Wall Street Journal. And Rivian is losing 33000 per vehicle right now. $33,000. And they point out in this piece at the Wall Street Journal, that's about right about the, the starting point in terms of price point for a base model F-150. I'd like to see any pickup priced at $33,000 right now. Um, but that's how much they're losing per. At one point, a couple of years ago, Rivian had built a cash s- stockpile from investors of $18 billion. And in that two years, half of it is gone. Now, they say the losses are slowing down a little bit. But my question would be, is that because sales are slowing down? If if their you know if their margin is improving a little bit, but you're still 
$33,000 off. Now, this is a this is a truck, uh, a vehicle. Uh, they have the SUV and they have the um, the pickup truck. They start around they're 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 selling right at around eighty thousand dollars each. That means in order to actually truly break even, and we're not even including subsidies yet, they'd have to charge right now roughly one hundred and twenty thousand dollars plus. Well, who would be buying that? You're pushing the $80,000, and that's a bunch of people who are high earners. These are rich people who are buying these vehicles. And so when that novelty wears off, the appeal, hey, they're very cool trucks. They go from zero to 60 in three seconds. They're pretty cool to drive. A friend of mine has driven one. A neighbor of mine owns one. But here's the question. Can the market sustain that? Take the subsidies out of it and tr- and charge what you need to charge to make, I don't know, just $100 profit on each of them. And see where the market is for that. See where that de- that true demand is for that and vehicle. Well, it was really important because if you take the 33000 with the 80000 not mm-hmm. including taxes or destination charges, you're talking about one hundred thirteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars right there. Mm-hmm. So with everything else, you're easily, roughly one hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, roughly, would be uh, uh, one hundred twenty. But that also includes all the government subsidies going to right. Rivian. If you take out, the subsidies out, out of it, outside of the consumer right. subsidy, right? And so you know they've got to deal with Amazon to deliver. I think the target date. I forget. It's in twenty twenty six. Uh, to deliver a hundred thousand vans, electric vans, that's that was a pretty big deal. But my question is, can they fulfill that contract? Uh, they've uh, built around sixty-five thousand vehicles as the end of, end of September. They aim to produce fifty-two thousand next year. Yeah, their uh, Illinois company, uh, their factory is operating at less than one third of its build capacity. Well, who, right. Nobody can afford it. Well, that's it. The demand isn't there. The consumer Once there the novelty the demand. demand tempers and and that's kind of gone away, then where is the actual demand for that vehicle? What are you looking at, actually? Well, in the EV market, it's usually jumping from one brand to another, right? Like a lot of liberals want to get away from Tesla because they no longer like Elon Musk. So you could see where people would say, okay, I'm going to turn my Tesla in for a Rivian. All right, there'll be some of that. But where is the growing demand for those vehicles? And that's what I question, and and, and I don't see it. And the other thing is the big lie, the, you know, and Buttigieg was out there a couple of weeks ago and he was doing the rounds talking about how, you know, how the cost is going to come down mm-hmm. once we start building more, yeah, the cost no. is going to come down. Not when you consider when you take all the subsidies away from it. Right. And the normal inflation increase that you see on vehicles, vehicles don't come down in price. He's leaving That's out demand. He's leaving out the biggest part of it. Demand. He's right. living right. out right. he's leaving out and he started on the false premise, which again, I've always said if you start on the false premise, everything that follows seems logical, but it's still false. And he leaves out that false premise is the is implying that there's going to be a growing demand. And the fact of the matter is, there's nothing to show that right now. Nothing. 
especially when you talk about the prices going up. When we talk about inflation, even if the rate of inflation turns a little, a little bit south again, which it hasn't in recent the recent two months, it's actually going up. But if the rate of inflation drops a little bit, it's still on top. That means the prices are still going up. Raw materials and components to build these vehicles and gas-powered vehicles will mean the prices of those vehicles are going to go up as well. It's not going to get any better. I don't see demand growing in big numbers to the point of them turning a profit over the next two years. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. You saw where Texas Congressman Henry uh, Cuellar was uh, carjacked in D.C. Yeah. Uh, wow. That was breaking in the evening, uh, last evening. And look, uh, it's a reality. The D.C. area, the crime is going through the roof. Yeah. Armed carjacking. Yes. And, you know, extremely dangerous. And, of course, something like this is going to make the news and draw more attention to the fact that, you know, D.C. has always had high crime, but it is skyrocketing. And this is certainly going to gather more attention on that issue. And, you know, I mean, this is just what months after uh, leaders in D.C. were saying, you know, they... They're murdering people in the streets. And that was just a few short months after saying nothing is wrong here. Yeah, yeah that changed really quick. Didn't the it? Democrats are changing their tune on a number of massive issues. Well, not it, all of them. Are, are they changing them for good or just well, for the next 13 months? Probably just for the next 13 months. But it's coming from their constituents. It is. It is. Yeah. And that's where the problem yeah. there is. There is pressure coming. And there's a lot of pressure on them on a number of fronts. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.